Hello and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's weekly podcast. We are creating a community which brings hope and joy to Gloucester and we're thrilled that you've downloaded this message. This week in our journey through Matthew's biography of Jesus' life, Emily walks us through chapters 26 and 27. She takes the time to zoom in on chapter 26 and in particular Jesus' last meal with his friends. She unpacks the significance of Jesus celebrating the Passover and what that means for his followers and for the kingdom of God. So, without further ado, here we go. If you've been coming along on Sundays this term, you will know that we have been going through the book of Matthew. You've not been coming along? We're going through the book of Matthew. That's where we're at. Um, It's a biography of Jesus's life from the Bible. And I don't know about you, but I've really appreciated the opportunity to just invest some time looking at a slightly longer chunk of the Bible. Um, I think often we don't appreciate the Bible as a whole because, let's face it, it's a really long big book with loads of stuff in it. It can kind of feel complicated. Where do you start? How does that fit in with that? Um, What does that mean? And also because if ever we do read the Bible, it's often in small chunks, you know, a short demonstrative story for a Sunday morning, a verse to consider for the day or a single paragraph or chapter of a book in a home group. And this is often how we read the Bible. And there is nothing wrong with that at all. It's kind of like picking up the piece of a jigsaw puzzle and looking at it, knowing the edges, the colours on it um, what bit of a picture we might see um, and not really knowing that piece and then picking up another piece of jigsaw and going, oh, that's got that shape and that colour. And gradually we build up a picture. Um, But I think honing in on a section of the Bible, I found it really insightful um, to just put various consecutive jigsaw pieces together and consider them in the context of the greater jigsaw. Have I bled that analogy dry yet? Um, Reading Matthew as a whole, you know, week on week, kind of building that picture, we have seen that two of the big questions that Matthew addresses as the author addresses is, who is Jesus and what is the kingdom of God that he always talks about? And the culmination of these thoughts and the questions, the stories, the teachings, they're all leading to this point that we reach today. Over this week and the next, we're going to be covering the last three chapters of the book of Matthew, kind of the pinnacle of the story, the apex of those questions. Who is Jesus and what is the kingdom of God? And I'm really looking forward to this next week of looking through that. It's really beautiful. And so this morning, um, I thought that we would do some reading. Um, As I said before, we often read short snippets of the Bible and that kind of satisfies our busy, instant gratification kind of minds and worlds. But the Bible was written to be read aloud, to be read in chunks or letters and to be read in community so that we can hear and absorb and discuss what is written in dialogue with others and as a community of people wanting to know more about Jesus and follow him. So this morning we're going to get comfy. I'm going to be reading a chunk of Matthew um, and then we're going to go into our breakout rooms um, to chat about what struck us, what we found interesting or ridiculous or thought-provoking. Um, And then after that, we're going to come back into the main meeting. Um, I'll say a few thoughts on what I've been discovering about this chapter and the bit we're reading today. Um, And then after that, we're going to be sharing communion together. 
If you've not done communion before, um, don't worry. We'll chat it through and we'll go through it all together um, at the same time. So do not worry. Hopefully you've got, um, you've been prepped by your breakout room leaders and you've got something to eat and drink with you. Um, and then after communion, we'll go straight into a time of worship, which this week is being led by Rich. Right, I'm going to be reading Matthew chapter 26 to us this morning. So find a comfortable position. Um, it's a bit lengthier than we're used to. Uh, maybe grab a pen or paper if you want to jot down any thoughts or questions that arise as we read together. Um, if you find it helpful um, to grab a Bible and read it along with me, then go for it. We're going to read you Matthew chapter 26. Um, or you might just want to close your eyes if that helps you engage with the words better. Um, I was thinking of putting some pictures up, um, but I've chosen not to, um, just to allow God's word to speak in its own right this morning and um, for the Holy Spirit to highlight whatever without my bias of putting pictures up and stuff. Um, and so, as we're getting comfortable, I'm just going to pray that now. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to speak to us this morning. God, we want to know more of um, who you are and your character. And Jesus, you are a shining example to us. And God, we, we want to just know you more this morning. Um, and so will you highlight to us what you have to say to us this morning? As we read this chapter, will we know more of you and your plan for our world? Amen. Right, who is ready? Are you comfortable? I'm going to grab my book. I'm just going to grab some water as well. Matthew chapter 26. <clears throat> when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, Passover begins in two days, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. At that same time, the leading priests and elders were meeting at the residence of Caiaphas, the high priest, plotting how to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume, and poured it over Jesus's head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, why criticise this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to those leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him thirty pieces of silver. And from that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? As you go into the city, he told them, you will see a certain man. Tell him, the teacher says, my time has come and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. 
So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve disciples. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, am I the one, Lord? He replied, one of you who's just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples. And he said, take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and he said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went to the Mount of Olives. On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove grove called Gethsemane and he said sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons James and John and he became anguished and distressed. He told them my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground praying my father if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then Jesus returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, can you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away, unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's get going. Look, my betrayer is here. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. 
You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told them. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realise that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfil the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and elders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and came to the high priest's courtyard. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would all end. Inside, the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who would lie about Jesus so they could put him to death. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, they could not use anyone's testimony. Finally, two men came forward who declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus replied, you have said it. And in the future, you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Blasphemy! Why do we need other witnesses? You have all heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty! they shouted. He deserves to die. Then they began to spit in Jesus' face and beat him with their fists. And some slapped him, jeering, Prophesy to us, you Messiah. Who hit you that time? Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, You were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly Jesus's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away, weeping bitterly. All right. We're going to be going into breakout rooms now and we're going to spend 10 or 12 minutes chatting and discussing our thoughts off the back of that. You know, what struck you, what challenged you, what hadn't you heard before, 
Um, so get those questions and thoughts prepped um, and um, I'll pop you into breakout rooms now. Um, see you in about 10 minutes. Wonderful. Um, well, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in those rooms and um, hopefully had some really good chats. Um, I just wanted to briefly touch upon the section um, kind of in the first third of chapter 26 and um, the section of the Passover meal before we share communion together this morning. Because this is a really significant moment in the story. Um, the Passover meal was and still is the pinnacle of Jewish feasts. It's an annual remembrance of the Exodus story. And this was the story that hundreds of years before Jesus, um, the Jewish nation, the Israelites, had been rescued by God through Moses from Egypt, where they had suffered a lifetime of slavery and injustice for generations. This is the night that they remember how, after many opportunities for Pharaoh to let the Israelite nation go, and many times of him refusing, God steps in against the oppression and the injustice against the Jews. They remember the night when the Israelite nation, under the oppression of the Egyptians, sacrificed a lamb, smeared its blood on their doorposts, and the angel of God pierces the heart of Egypt, a land of slavery, and the firstborn sons of each family die. And yet the households of the Israelite nation are passed over because of the sacrifice that was made. This night, Passover night, is the night that Pharaoh lets the Israelites go. Passover is the night when Jews remember that story of redemption, that story of freedom in their history as a community. And that is exactly what Jesus and his disciples, as Jewish people, are doing here in Matthew 26. They were preparing to celebrate the annual Jewish feast of Passover and remembrance. Except that during this Passover meal, Jesus moves this story of redemption and freedom forwards. Jesus deliberately takes this feast to explain what we've been talking about throughout Matthew, to explain who he is and what the kingdom of God is to his disciples. Jesus takes the symbolic food of the Passover meal and he puts himself into that story. Jesus talks about his body being like the bread that represents the sustenance and life God gave to the Israelite nation. His blood being like the wine that represents the blood of the Passover lamb that saved the nation. Jesus ties himself to this great story of freedom and justice and redemption. The Passover meal is about remembering the past, but Jesus says that it is now about him and what is going to happen in the future, his death and his resurrection. That Jesus is going to be the new story of God rescuing his people from slavery and oppression. Just as the lamb was sacrificed for the freedom of the Israelites from Pharaoh's oppressive regime, so Jesus died for our freedom from the powers of sin and separation from God. That through Jesus's death, there will be freedom and redemption. That this is the kingdom of God. This is the story of who Jesus is and why he came. 
to bring about the kingdom of God. This is why now, for Christians, the Passover story is so significant. Jesus is inserting himself into the story, a story of liberation, new life, justice, restoration. And this is why we celebrate communion. It is our moment to come and choose to be reconciled with God, to be brought together and to say yes to his story, to God's new promise that through Jesus, there is new life, there is freedom, and there is justice. And so the consideration for us this morning, as we go into a time of communion, is this. Do we want to remain in Egypt? Or do we want to attach our story to the life of Jesus, of what God is doing to redeem and to heal and to save his world? So if you'd like to take another step forward into the kingdom of God and the story of Jesus, if you would like to say yes, please, to the new life of freedom and redemption that Jesus offers, then um, now is the time to grab your bread and your juice or whatever food or drink combo you've got with you um, for communion. So I'll let you all go and grab that now. Okay, so let's all take our bread or our kind of food aspect and hold it in our hands for a moment um, and I will just pray. Um, if you agree with what I pray, then feel free to say Amen, either aloud or in your hearts. So let's hold it for a moment. God, as we take this bread, we choose to remember the sustenance and the life that Jesus' death has brought. God, we thank you for your invitation to new life and the path you make into freedom. We choose to step into that today. As I eat this bread, God, I choose to align myself with your story. I choose to follow you and to celebrate the new life you bring. Amen. And let's all take um, our drink and I'll pray again. And again, if this resonates with you and you want to say yes, please, then say amen at the end and take a drink. God, as we take this drink, we choose to remember your great mercy and your sacrifice. That you would come down to us in our state and die in order that we be free. God, I'm so sorry for the brokenness of this world and my part to play in that. Thank you for your promises and your faithfulness to us. As I drink this drink, God, I invite the kingdom of God in my life and I choose to take another step towards you. Amen. Okay, that's all for this week. I hope that blessed you and you found it helpful. If you've enjoyed this message, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to join in with what we're doing here in Gloucester, you can join us at one of our Sunday gatherings online. All the details you need are on our website, www.gloucestervineyard.org. Thank you.